0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Brahma Sports here on kpcradio.com. I am your host, Felipe Gamino. My next guest is doing double duty this semester, coaching the baseball team, and this month he'll be coaching Tim Philippines in the World Baseball Classic Qualifiers in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome everyone to the studio, head baseball coach Bill Pickett. How are you doing, coach? I'm well, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for joining us. So before I li- a little bite on you, how did you first get into baseball?
1: How did I first get into baseball? <laughs> that goes back a long way. Uh, I've been playing since I was little, uh, probably eight years old, started playing Little League, and I never stopped. Um, and that's actually, that's not true. I took one year off coaching when my oldest was around three or four years old, and, that, and my wife could tell that I couldn't handle being away from the game, so I got right back into it the next year. But I have been doing this. Um, my entire life. When you when someone says that this is something that they that they live and they do, I, I'm definitely that person.
0: Was baseball the sport you were interested in playing the most, or were there other sports that interested you?
1: Um, you know, back then, uh, I'm going to date myself here, I'm, I'm 51, there wasn't as many uh, available uh, venues, I guess you could say, to play other sports. There was always, you know, football and basketball, but as far as officially playing, um, uh, I, I only played ba- baseball. I, I would go and play at the park football, or I'd play with some friends playing basketball, but never did I play organized, really any other organized sport except for baseball. Baseball.
0: What accolades did you receive in your uh, in high school?
1: Uh, oh, you know, I, we won the city championship one year. Uh, played at John F. Kennedy High School right here in Granada Hills, and in 1985 we won the city championship. So that was kind of exciting, um, not just exciting, that was extremely exciting. I, I'm assuming I don't even know if I made all league. I think I made all conference when I was a senior, and, um, and then from there I just uh, went into play college after that. So you played college at
0: C O C before going to uh, Long Beach State. You were a member of the original back team. Uh, if you a term that we can use, uh, this team went on to the College World Series. What was what were those years like, and what was it like being on that team?
1: It was amazing. I bring it up a lot, actually. Uh, I had a wonderful two years at College of the Canyons. Uh, we were extremely, we were a very good team. We actually didn't lose a single game at home the two years that I played there. Unfortunately, we never won a. State championship, but we got to the you know the, the regionals every single year. And then when I got recruited to go to Long Beach State, um, back it didn't it wasn't the dirt bags when I got recruited. It was just more of an opportunity. And there was a number of JC players that um, I had played against for the previous two years, and we all came together. And it turned out to be an extremely special year. Um, looking back on it, it was absolutely amazing. Going to the, the College World Series, you know the friends that I had that I made that year. I still talk to a number of them. We actually just had a reunion last year, our 30th re- year reunion and we got uh, they had us on the field against Hawaii when Long Beach played Hawaii, and it was amazing. I I used that time, that year that I played, um, for coaching. A lot of the things that I learned that year under Coach Dave Snow playing for for Long Beach State, I I brought to the table as far as being a coach, and it's something that I preach. You know, you've seen our back of our hats, uh, the hard 90s. Uh, That's where I got it from. It was extremely important, and it kind of... You know dictated how we played and we had to play the game hard or else we wouldn't play and I brought that hopefully to my teams that i that I've become the head coach of
0: so for for the casual fan that doesn't understand baseball that much how did the term dirtbacks came to fruition?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no everybody kind of forgot the story and the only reason I remember is because we talked about it this last year. So when we first got there we Blairfield didn't it existed but it wasn't playable and so it was getting refurbished and you know you know uh, renovated. And we didn't have a field on campus. There was no practice field on campus. And we would play everywhere. We were practicing at Cerritos College. We were practicing at Long Beach City College. And one of our assistant coaches, who's actually, um, now he's a the, the cross-checker for the Cleveland Indians, he would like to get, you know, whenever he wanted to get early work or extra work, we would go to just some random park that was near the field. And it was a mess. Um, and one of our guys basically wore the same, you know, pants every day, and he never washed it. And it just, you know, he, he he was originally called the dirt bag because, you know, he just never cleaned up. The name ended up sticking, and it kind of went from there, and it took a life of its own. It was, uh, it's kind of amazing that it stuck, and it's they're still being called that officially, actually. Actually, it's not even a nickname anymore. They're officially the dirtbags. It's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> so
1: what, what made that team so unique?
0: Because I know they they went to the College World Series, but just overall, what was the commodity like between? Um,
1: them? God, that's always something hard to explain, how it happens. Um, I think, we you know, we had a phenomenal coach and Dave Snow. Uh, he did a great job of bringing us all together, and we were all a group of guys that— I don't want to say we didn't have other options, but there were few. And so we understood that. And we all came in. I think there was only a couple freshmen that came in. And the rest of us were all junior college transfers. Um, and to be honest, we were pretty good. We ended up having a first-round pick that year, Kyle Abbott, um, our Saturday starter, pitched in the big leagues for a while. And our freshman, Andy Krogan was his name. I want to say he went 13 or 14-0 that year. And it was just it was special the way we got together and it was i'm, I'm not minimizing what we did but back then we won um a regional we had played a 14 regional against arizona who was unbelievable by the way um they had a bunch of big leaguers on that team. How we got by it, I don't know. And so all we do is win that one that one regional to go to the World Series. So it it was a little different, easier path than they are than it is now. But it was still a, a, an amazing feat. Um, I do know that <laughs> as a group, we I shouldn't say this on the radio, but um, they we like to play cards, and there was constant gambling I guess you could say let's just say we used fake money but we played a lot and I think that ended up bringing us together because it wasn't just some of us it was all of us and every chance we had we would we would compete and we would bet on things and I remember when we would take uh, uh, road trips and we would um, fly wherever we were flying we would put a bet on whose luggage would come out first um, I mean so it was just little things and it just kind of breeded that competition and it carried over into the games for us
0: any bets that you won, or
1: I got I hope I hope I did I can't it's been so long I can't remember I'm pretty sure I won a few games here and there
0: <laughs> <laughs> so of course you were talking about you know gambling and all that stuff uh, so after college what was the transition like going into the pros uh,
1: it was great um, you know I got to, I got the opportunity to play for the Oakland A's and um, it, it was uh, I learned more and I got a chance to play for three years there and again I, I learned more about myself individually and uh, how to play the game the right way, um, independence, responsibility, accountability, all those things kind of came about playing minor league baseball. It was a grind. Um, and, again, I'm going to date myself here, but back then um, I was dating my now wife, and there was times when we wouldn't speak for a week or two, and we definitely wouldn't see each other very much. There was no Internet. There was no cell phones back then. So it was um, it was much more difficult to communicate. And I think that part of it um, made it difficult. You know, being away from your family as much as you can as as we did, but it was an amazing experience. I had a great time and met some wonderful people along the way. So you,
0: so while playing for the Oakland A's, did you ever make the, the first team, actual roster? Or you... No,
1: no, no. I was no. I played. Um, I just played A ball. I played low A and high A. Um, um and you know, I had some decent seasons. Nothing great, but I think um, uh, I did get an opportunity because I switched positions one of my years, and I started catching. And one year in spring training, they asked me to go to the big league team and catch bullpens um, during a big league game, a spring training game. And I think it was at that point that I knew that my chances of making the big leagues was very slim because I went into the clubhouse to get my uniform, and in that clubhouse was Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and Ricky Henderson and Carney Lansford and Mike Gallego, and they were just different human beings beings um, huge and I'm basically the same size I was back then about 5'10 you know 185 190 and um, I kind of realized right then and there that for me to get to the big leagues was going to be a a huge issue Um, so that was kind of the aha moment that I had at that point in time
0: was coaching on your mind while you were an athlete
1: I don't think um, on the surface it was but um I definitely go back to those times when I played um, to take some experience from that. But I don't think that I ever thought that this was what I was going to do. I got fortunate that the moment I got out, I was doing private lessons with some you know younger players, some high school players. And one of them mentioned to me that they didn't have a freshman coach at the local high school out where I live, Saugus High School. And so I contacted the coach who I knew from you know previous you know being out in Santa Clarita and so I basically never got away from the game. I got, you know, released uh, in January, or I'm sorry, February of '93 because I got married that year, and I think I was coaching, you know, come March, and I helped out Saugus, you know, uh, freshman team. I was a head coach, and then I moved up to varsity, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, I think it was something that. I feel like I'm a better coach than I was a player, um, and I have I have passion for it. And obviously, I've been doing it for over 25 years now, and you know it's part of my life, and I I, I enjoy it immensely. Uh, the reward that I get from you know my players and um, that interaction I have with them is amazing.
0: So before coming to Pierce, you coached at College of the Canyons. You went back to your alma mater where you played. Uh, so what was it like going back there, and especially now in the in a
1: different role? Um, at, at COC? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was great. So I, I coached two years at the high school level, um, and then when I found out that um, my coach, uh, Len Money, who was my head coach when I was at COC, they needed some help um, at that level, I called him to see if there's anything I can do. And it was a vo- strictly on a volunteer basis, um, and I just fell in love with doing it, and I loved being out there, and uh, he made it very easy for me to, to be on board. and um, And from there, I kind of felt like... if I want to do this, I've I've got to, you know, pursue my education a little bit more because I never finished my degree when I, after I got drafted. And so through him, you know, he urged me to go back and get my degree. And I ended up getting my, my, my bachelor's degree. And I started teaching at COC and then finally ended up getting my master's degree. And so through this whole process, it actually helped me, you know, get prepared for this. So yeah, it was, um, It was wonderful going back there. It was comfortable. I met my wife at COC. I I mean, you know, everything I I have is because of being at (laughs) COC. How did you first find out about the Pierce job? Well, I left um, COC 2013, I think. And I honestly was going to not coach. I was just going to go back and finish my master's. I hadn't got my master's yet. And a mutual friend, um, Doug Lotta actually is his name. He actually is a, a pretty... Renowned um, hitting coach. He, he coaches. Um, what's the Turner on the Dodgers? Turner, the third base co- third baseman.
0: The, the, right now, I'm, I'm losing. I'm, right lo- now. I'm, lo-
1: I'm losing my train of thought. Anyway, he, he coaches him a little bit, and so he knew John Bouchart, who was a coach here at Pierce, uh, prior to me. And John needed a coach; he had just somebody had just left, uh, one of the assistants had just left, and so somehow we got together. and He asked me to come on board, and it was it was awesome. Um, one of the the most fun years I've had coaching in a long time. Um, he kind of gave me autonomy, and I got to coach um, the offense, and our team was unbelievable that year offensively we could might be the one of the best hitting teams i've ever coached and so it was it was fun and it got me passionate about you know coaching again and i guess fortunately or unfortunately however you look at it john decided to step down and he moved to texas the following year and um, so i interviewed for the job with coach lafrano bob lafrano as the ad and i've been here ever since how was that first
0: conversation with Bob?
1: I've known Bob for, for a long time, so it was very easy. Um, I coached against him for years. Um, he had known me, and so it was very it was you know it was comfortable and that, that was there was no issue when it came to that um, and he did nothing but support me while I he was here. It's been awesome
0: so now talking about the current team of course they're over record seven and eight, but do you do you feel that in the previous games? Reflect their performances, like in terms of their hitting, in terms of their how of the way they perform on the field
1: yeah I mean this uh, this level uh, if you could probably give it one word it would be inconsistency um, and so that's why these young men are here they're trying to become consistent as baseball players and so there are t- there are games when we look great um, everything's you know going smoothly and there's some days that we don't and that's exactly what's happened this year you know some games we played very well we've beat some very good teams and then sometimes we haven't um, so um, how they're playing right now is I- I'm actually very comfortable with them. um we just talked about this you know we lost two games to moorpark and i felt like we played very well and i know this sounds like a, an excuse but you know a little unlucky uh we've had we had we hit the ball extremely hard last game with runners in scoring position and just didn't come out on top and you know those things start falling and we're going to be more successful but no i'm extremely happy with um the way everybody's uh, going about it. it's one of my favorite teams i've had they they practice hard they like each other they compete uh, they're coachable They're accountable. And so all those things, if you can put them all into one, regardless of how your your record is, you know, that's a positive.
0: That is definitely a positive. So at COC and Pierce, you've made postseason with both uh, colleges. In what
1: year year meant the most to you overall? Um, That's a good question. I would say – The year that my son was here, uh, I know that seems a little selfish and personal, but, you know, it was kind of an honor coaching him for two years, and, you know, the first year we we were really good, and we came up one game short, and... Uh, we actually came in second place in conference, but our RPI wasn't good enough to get in because we were under 500, which honestly, I didn't even know uh, was a rule. And a number of coaches didn't understand the rule either. And so I was a little surprised that we didn't get in that year because uh, I thought we were pretty good. And so it was nice that they bounced back the following year and we ended up again coming in second place and you know winning our playing game down at San Diego Mesa uh, and then going to play Cerritos, who we, we, we played well. They're the number one team in the state. But I think that was kind of that was fun um, you know again for personal and selfish reasons but and, and a lot of those kids that I had on that team I'd known for a long time because of my son um, his closest friend was on the team and some guys that I saw all through high school um, so I think that might have been the most rewarding one for sure. So last
0: week we did a feature on the Ryan brothers, uh, Dirk and Jake. Their cousin played for you a couple of years back. So what's it like having family? Like you mentioned you coached your son for two years. What was it, what's it like having family like on a team?
1: Uh, well, since since I had my own son, uh, that's about as close a family as you're gonna get. So I was well prepared for that. Um, and I actually brought it up with Dirk. I mean, I'm sorry, with Jake regarding coaching his brother. Uh, I wanted to make sure that he was okay with it, that Dirk was okay with it. Um, you know, Casey was here when neither one of them were here, and so that was a little bit different. But then he, he came back and kind of helped out a little bit. Um, so it, it is nice, and it's more – you know how are they handling it are they handling you know what's supposed to be done in the field but more importantly when they go home are they you know are they having issues at home are they you know still talking about the game or what have you and and I brought that up with him because obviously the experience I had with Will my son you know we would try to not bring it back home with us and it it was fine We, we actually had a great relationship when he was here and I'm sure Dirk and Jake do too as well. So in
0: addition to coaching peers, in a couple of weeks you'll be in Tucson, Arizona, coaching team Philippines at the World Baseball Classic qualifiers. How did you first hear of the opportunity? And what 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 does it mean to you that you're gonna be coaching some of like the best
1: from that country Uh, it's an honor Um, and so um, I'll tell you the story of how this happened (laughs) Um, talking about serendipitous that's kind of that's the perfect word for this so about four years ago um, I was in my office um, and the phone rang and so the Two things that were odd about this is, one, I'm very rarely in my office because I'm usually down in the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second thing is the phone never rings in my office. And really, the third thing is I never pick up my phone in my office. Well, this date, I just happened to pick up the phone, and a gentleman by the name of Oscar Marcelino was on the other end and never met him before, didn't know who he was. um, And he wasn't even calling to speak with me. He was (laughs) looking for another school. He thought he was calling Valley College. Well, we struck up a conversation, um, and he was calling to see if if I'd be interested or or even whoever he was calling was interested in getting some players from the Philippines and so I of course said yes and I mentioned to him that I was married to a Filipina and you know right then and there I became family Um, he was pretty excited about that so that was kind of cool and so we started talking struck up a friendship and and the gentleman actually the young kid that came is still with me um, uh, Miguel Paya is what we call him he's from the Philippines so he's playing with me and so what ended up happening so fast forward a few years later my son um, wanted to know if i could call oscar to get him on another filipino national team that was playing in a tournament in philippines uh, the southeast asian games and so i called oscar and we started talking and that didn't that didn't work out because the dates didn't dates didn't work out um and So he started bringing up about the WBC that the Philippines had been invited again to the qualifier and want to know if I would be interested. Because he he knew the leadership um, um, of the new, you know, the Filipino Amateur Baseball Association. He knew the leadership, and he wanted to know if I'd be interested to coach. And so, of course, you know, I said, of course I would. That would be an amazing opportunity. And so he talked to the powers that be, and I sent him my resume. Um, and they had to get it approved by MLB, and eventually they did. And when they did that, I got a chance actually to uh, fly out to Manila in January, and I met um, Pepe Munoz and Chito Lozaga. They're in charge of the their the leadership. Um, Oscar is kind of a um, peripheral scout, I guess you could say. And we met everybody. I met some of the players, and um, from there it was kind of a, it was a match made in heaven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> match made in heaven. So I wanted to get your overall thoughts on how Chito Lozaga, the pro- president the secretary who is Pepe Munoz what was the conversation with him and of course I want to ask what is a two-parter and the second part is what's the final roster looking like heading into that tournament
1: Um, yeah well honestly I had never met Oscar until I got to the Philippines, so that was wonderful. I got, finally got to put a, a face to um, a voice, um, and then meeting Pepe Munoz and Chito Lazaga was amazing. They were wonderful people, and they were extremely happy that I would fly out there to meet them personally. Um, I, I had no problem doing it. Uh, it was actually an honor, and they couldn't have been nicer. They couldn't be more on board. They couldn't be more positive. Um, I actually have a funny story about uh, Chito Lazaga, um, so. We, we pretty much met for lunch every day at the hotel. Um, they took me out to eat. And so one evening, or one late lunch, we were sitting there and I could see a couple that was at the side table and they were, you could see they were talking about something and looking at our table and then talking about something. And I was wondering what was going on. And eventually they got up and they asked if they could take a picture with Chito Lozaga. And so they got up and they, they took a picture with him, um, a selfie, and I was saying to myself like, who am I having lunch with here? (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) Um, So it turns out that I guess he's one of the most famous basketball players in the Philippines. Um, He had won championships with one of the teams there. And so very well known and couldn't be the nicest, just absolute gentleman. Um, And it's fortunate for us because I'm not sure if. You guys are aware, but basketball in the Philippines is huge. It's like a religion. Oh, it's say. huge. Um, my son, that he played basketball. Um, the whole family, my wife's family, they, they are basketball players. And so to have somebody like Chito, I don't want to say jump shit, but kind of come over and be a baseball guy means a lot. It brings a lot of respect. And he is a big fan of baseball. He actually says it's his first love. But... Like everybody else in the Philippines, <laughs> yeah. they gravitate toward basketball. Yeah. Um, so it's fortunate that we have him. And he's going to be making – both of them are going to be making the trip to Tucson. Okay. So that's um, that's kind of nice. Um, and then, the, like you said, second part? The, have,
0: well, the final roster, of course, you have several players there. Brady Conlon, Tim Tebow. But for Tim Tebow. I mean, I don't need to go any further than that. Right. So what was it like uh, – how did you convince Tebow uh, to join the team, to commit with you?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, let me, let me go back a little bit. So when I got to Manila – um, I got a chance to see their national team. And so there was a, a number of players. I think they have, you know, 30 or so players. They consisted of, you know, college players, some young college, 21, 22-year-old. There's some 26-year-old players. Um, and then there's some older guys as well. So that's kind of why I went over there, to assess them and see where they're at as far as, you know, can they come back and play for the WBC? Because a few of them went to the last WBC in Australia. Um, and so I went there, and I saw them. Uh, and some of them are actually, you know, it's very good. Um, there's definitely some potential in the Philippines as far as baseball is concerned. And so what our decision was as far as you know, Pepe and myself, Oscar, and Chito was we didn't just want to get the best guys from here, from you know Filipino Americans. We wanted to make sure that we brought some of these kids to expose baseball in the Philippines and to promote baseball in the Philippines. And so there's a number. There's about 13, 14 of the players that are Filipino nationals. We've got a couple that play in Japan, um, big leaguers that are Filipino. Um, so But as far as the ones that are here, you know, you're talking about Riley Conlon and Brady Conlon. I've actually coached against Riley, um, and Brady played in the last WBC. And so I, he was one of the first people I called, Brady, and he was instrumental in contacting some of the other guys that had played and bringing in some some guys that I had no idea about. So that was kind of nice. Um, and then Riley, obviously, I'd seen him play, so I was you know ecstatic that he would play with us. Uh, we've got Chase Darnot, who just retired from the MLB played a number of years there unfortunately we couldn't get his brother Travis um, the Braves wouldn't let him out of uh, uh, let him go for for obvious reasons they just signed a big contract with them but Tim Tebow um, obviously is a um the biggest name that we've got and it's it was important on a number of, of, of levels um, one I mean he's he's you know he's playing you know pro ball right now in triple A um, his name is you know doesn't have to be I don't even t- tell you about that um, so how it happened was the gentleman in the Philippines, you know, Pepe and Chito, they, they he was on a list because we knew that he was born in the Philippines. And they asked if, you know, there's anybody who has his number or how can somebody get a hold of him or what have you. And I didn't have his number. And so when I ran into Chase Darno, I asked him, couldn't get it. And then I finally got it actually from Brady Conlon, who mutual friend, somebody that we knew, coach Tebow. So I got it. And I sat on it for about three or four days. I was a little apprehensive, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, how was I going to call Tim Tebow? I mean, what, what, what can I possibly tell him or say to him? You know, there's a Heisman Trophy winner and, you know, uh, NFL. Fo- NFL football player. So... <laughs> I sat on it for a few days and I finally told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm just going to text him and let's see how this goes. So I texted him on a Monday night. I said, hey, Tim, it's Bill Pickett. you know, coaching the team, you know, the Filipino team. Your name has come up a number of times. If you're interested, we'd love to have you. Uh, let me know if there's a good time to give you a call. And I sat around, I waited for about 15 minutes and I thought, well, I, was, I did it. It was worth a try. Um, if he doesn't call me back, so be it. Uh, And then all of a sudden, I get a text. Hey, hey Bill, it's Tim. I'm available if you want to call me. So I called him right then and there. And we sat and we talked for about 30 minutes and couldn't be nicer. He called me Mr. Pickett, which was kind of odd. um, And we talked, and I think what happened was, when I told him that this wasn't about a one, this wasn't a one-time thing, this wasn't about just the WBC, this was about promoting baseball. This was about you know um, bring you know buzz to the Philippines. He was all for it. Um, obviously, being born there, he has a hospital there. He's got an orphanage there. He visits a lot. His parents are still there all the time, and so he has a connection to the, the Filipino culture. And when I brought it and told him that I was going to be doing this for a while, and it, it just it, you know it wasn't a one-time thing, and I'm going to go back, and I want to promote the game and I want to be involved in it I think that really kind of piqued his interest a little bit more than just hey come and play for you know a few days and then we're done with it Mm -hmm. and so that was important to him
0: and I know this is a million-dollar question. Will he have a starting role on your team in a couple uh, of weeks?
1: Is he going to hear this? Um, is all my players going to hear this? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to have a. We're going to have a practice for a couple days ahead of time. But you know, he's he's playing in you know in spring training right now, and he's having a little bit of success offensively. I thought he hit a home run the other day. So the odds are yes, he's going to end up getting some playing time. My goal is to get everybody involved, but I'm also going there because we want to win. Um, I've talked to most of the guys that are on the team, and it's not just going there just to go we want to go and we want to make an impact and so whatever the best lineup is going to be which I'm assuming you know it's going to include Tim I mean my gosh he's just his physical presence in that lineup is kind of scary uh last time I checked I think he's what 6'4 250 or something so I think so uh, yeah that's a big man Um, so he's definitely gonna you know you know have that opportunity
0: do you see the team qualifying for next year's tournament? I know you said you want to go and win, not just to go and participate. Do you see the team having a chance to qualify?
1: Well, I do. I mean, I've been visualizing it, uh, you know, all the time, driving in my car and seeing us celebrate uh, after, you know, playing in the, a few games. And so, yeah, I definitely see that now i have no idea what we're going up against i mean you can say that you know i have no idea how czech republic is i have no idea how pakistan is i have no idea how great britain or panama um, or new zealand i have no idea i've never seen any of them Um, and i've only seen a few of my players Um, so yes i see that but more importantly i see that there's a future Um, whether however we do in this tournament I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything, but what's more important is that we have a young group and these guys that are the older guys, you know, show them the way and that we can build it from here. We consider this kind of a jumping off point because um, what happened at the last WBC was that didn't happen. The leadership wasn't the same as it is now. And so they kind of I don't want to say squandered, but that's kind of the one word that comes. They squandered the opportunity of building baseball in the Philippines. Um they didn't build off that last WBC invitation even though they they lost I mean they lost two games um, so even if we don't get to the point where we achieve our goal in this one I think that we can still build it up where you know whatever tournament we end up getting in over the next few years you know the next qualifier we have a better chance
0: in just one word just to start summarizing where are your goals with both teams with peers and the Philippines?
1: <laughs> I, mean, I got a lot here right I <laughs> got to juggle both of them um, It's funny you say that because I've been thinking about this myself, like how does this um, all coincide with each other? And there's so many parallels with the JC level and what's expected, what I'm expecting of myself as far as the Philippine team is – are they getting better from the point that I started until we until we finish? Um, so regardless of how we do as far as you know winning or losing, that's kind of that's everybody else's opinion. Uh, my team already, my my peers team has already gotten better both individually and as a group. And if I can make them better from today until the end of the season, then I've achieved my goal. Uh, would I love to get to the playoffs? Of course, you know that's no coach anybody coach any coach that says any different is lying. Um, it's the same thing with the Filipino team. Um, you know I'd like to see you know basically for me traveling to the philippines in january is my date and from there i want this to get better if i do this for the next 10 15 years um, i want to see how much better we've gotten in that amount of time
0: perfect uh we thank you coach for joining us on the on the, on the show for those of you who have been listening we have been speaking with head baseball coach of Piers and the team philippines bill Pickett. For those of you who want to catch the World Baseball Classic Qualifiers, they'll take place in around the third or fourth week of March on the MLB Network. You can follow the Roundup on social media, at Roundup News on Twitter and Instagram, at Roundup Sports and at Peer Sports as well. You can also follow the official radio show account at Brahma Sports. We thank you all for tuning in. This is Felipe Gamino with KPCRadio.com. See you all soon.